MG has just whipped something of a miracle out of its growing utility belt. To wit, Australia's most affordable EV just got incrementally better everywhere, and they've actually got a couple of thousand of these things available to buy now-ish, so no endless queue over the horizon. Plus, they even wound back the prices from what they predicted back in March. Logan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. They're calling it new, this vehicle, but it's really a facelift, albeit with substantially more than just the hair and makeup changed. It's got more range, officially 320 kilometres now. That's based on the WLTP cycle standard. So probably knock about 20% off for the real world. Call it 250 to 260Ks sucking on a dry tank of electrons kind of thing. Still, the average car in Australia only does about 40Ks a day on average. So generally, this is more range than you need. Now, here are some of the key highlights of the new model. Greater battery capacity, 50.3 kilowatts. Greater range, 320 kilometres. How far will that take me? In practical examples, the average daily commute is 28 kilometres. A trip from Sydney to Newcastle, Melbourne to the Dandenong Ranges, no problem. Cameron Morgan there. Camo, the in-house tech dude at MG Australia. He's a nice bloke and I had a really long chat with him about a week ago. I have to say, he knows his shit because essentially he lives it. Hashtag respect. And he makes an excellent point. Like battery capacity and range, dude, it's not everything. How often do you actually drive more than 250Ks in the one hit? Many people, especially people considering EVs, living their lives in the city, many people such as that never do. And frankly, this vehicle, as far as I can see, is the closest thing on the market today to the EV Australians actually need. While perversely in the market, there's just no shortage of fantasy EVs that nobody really needs, such as every Tesla. As far as I can see, Tesla is basically a religion. You either believe or you don't. And I can't bring myself to believing in this particular one. I actually think Electric Jesus and P.T. Barnum have a great deal in common. And then there's the likes of the Porsche Taycan, right? They're only... $300,000. Except, of course, for the ones at the bottom of the North Atlantic. They're a bit cheaper on discount, and as I understand it, they left the keys under the seat, if you're interested. And then there are the quasi-non-existent EVs somewhere in the middle. And I'm looking at you, non-existent car of the year, Kia EV6. It's the only time the coveted wheels Bacotti Gong has been awarded to a car that you can't actually buy in practice. Just saying. And of course, it's half-sister, the Hyundai Ioniq 5. An EV so rare, it makes rocking horse shit seem prolific. Hyundai Australia actually gets a little tiny trouser teepee every time a couple of Ioniq 5s leak out of the factory and head our way. 
They sell these things as if they are limited edition Nike Air Jordans. Pro tip, they're not, dudes. And the fact that you can't supply them, it's kind of getting embarrassing. This landscape is the cuckoo's nest of EV retailing in Australia today. And dude, here's MG swimming against the tide, all stocked up and quite affordable. Obviously, they never got the memo from T-Dub and the Spice Girls in Edinburgh about how we're supposed to roll with EVs down under. I'm excited to announce the MSRP for ZSEV. Excited is 43,990 and ZS Essence is 47,990. The driver away price for ZS Excite is $44,990. And for ZS EV Essence is $48,990. Peter Chow there, the Chowmeister, the cheese of MG in Australia. So ZS EV Essence, the fully loaded works burger of ZS EVs, it's $49,000 drive away. It's ever so slightly bigger than a Kona electric that and I'm about to use the Kona Electric Highlander with the smaller 39 kilowatt hour battery in a comparo here for relevance because that one is the closest on price, okay? It's about $63,000 drive away. Essentially, with the ZS EV Works Burger, you are getting slightly more interior space, slightly more range efficiently, 25% more battery, 30% more motive power and two more years warranty and it's $14,000 cheaper. Plus, you can tow with the ZS EV, no tow can do on the Kona Electric, of course, up to 500 kilos of towing with the MG, and to be fair, range is likely to be significantly impacted if you do tow 500 kilos, but a trailer of rubbish to the tip occasionally, like, dude, okay, nice to have, and yeah, you can buy a Kona Electric with a much bigger battery. It delivers more power and it's got a lot more range. It's $6,000 more expensive, however. So 20 grand is the difference in price there if you buy the bigger battery Kona. And that 20 grand, dude, it's a real barrier to mainstream EV acquisition right there. To be completely fair on this, is the Kona more polished? Yeah, like slightly. Not enough to make a difference to many people. Like, on my world, $14,000 to $20,000, it buys a hell of a lot of tolerance for this kind of thing, this sort of vague notion of polish. I make this comparison because with the ZS EV, MG is in the process of clearly doing to Hyundai et al., Exactly what Hyundai did to Toyota, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Honda, etc. in the 1990s and the early 2000s. Like the automotive market is a food chain and a new predator always swims in. Like all OEMs this year, we've been affected by microchip shortages, COVID lockdowns. But despite this, we've been able to maintain reasonable supply. Yes, we do have customers waiting longer than we would like for their new car, but we believe we're coming to the end of these issues. During August and September, over 15,000 MGs will be loaded onto ships, and we're confident of good supply moving forward. These will progressively arrive from this month and will provide confidence to our dealers 
and customers for the balance of the year. And our network is now significant, numbering 83 nationwide. We're now positioned to satisfy sales, service and parts requirements in all states and territories. Giles Belcher there. G Belch. That is a proper rap name, dude. Hashtag respect. A sales and marketing dude for MG Australia. And I'd suggest them's fighting words. Imagine that, a major competitive edge being derived from just being able to get your bare hands on cars to sell. Just get them here, dude. That's our edge. Seriously, MG now has 83 dealers. Something like 50,000 sales are going to be achieved this year by the 31st of December. And they offer a seven-year warranty, plus the pricing. <laughs> Jesus, price is just about everything. And cars are increasingly commoditized, right? The badge is increasingly meaningless. MG, any way you cut it up, it has critical mass in Australia. I frankly cannot see a reason not to put one on your shortlist in mainstream automotive shitsville. Although, I would put a flag in place and say that depreciation might be an issue, especially if normal supply chain activity and operations are resumed in the foreseeable future. The ZS EV Essence in particular, the fully loaded one, is certainly not short on standard features. It comes packed with the kinds of equipment that cost three grand a throw at an Audi dealership. Now I'm looking at you, panoramic sunroof, etc. To be further fair and balanced, however, this car is something of a compromise. It is adapted from the combustion version, obviously, and it's about 300 kilos heavier, which is about 25% heavier, so not an insubstantial increase. And there's no getting around this, okay? It's significantly heavier, and the center of mass is also lower, because all of that additional mass from all of those additional electrical components is lower down in the vehicle. And this means that the mass center is suddenly located closer to the roll center, which is fixed when you design the platform, right? And it is prohibitively expensive to change that. Stick with me here because we are about to bleed from the ears, dude, entertainingly enough. And I am expecting some viewers to die, Linda Blair style. So that'll be nice. This means that Inertial loads vertically, like bouncy loads from dips and crests and things of that nature, are going to need stiffer springs and dampers for optimal body control. But at the same time, lateral inertial loads from cornering and swerving and things like that, they have less effect on the platform because the mass centroid is closer to the centre of roll. Okay? And although they have retuned the suspension for this facelifted variant, as I understand it, the fundamental compromise here remains, because you can't change it, okay? The car's going to be too soft vertically or too stiff in roll, or both. I'm yet to drive it, so I'll let you know on that. And I'd have to say, for context, this effect is unlikely to be terrible. In fact, I'm almost certain that some people are not going to feel a thing, right? But it's also unlikely that this car can be as good as it could have been dynamically had it been designed on a bespoke EV platform, which I understand they'll move to for the next generation. 
pretty much for exactly this reason. Noise, vibration and harshness control, quite the mouthful, and most often referred to as NVH control. These improvements help with the soundproofing and noise reduction of the vehicle. Since EVs do not have an internal combustion engine, they do not create the same noise levels as an ICE vehicle when converting fuel into power. Due to this, the noise levels of travelling on the road need to be minimised, otherwise you're in for a noisy and fatiguing journey. NVH control has been extended to the entire vehicle, added inner panels to the front fenders, and an ingress protection bottom plate for the underside of the car. The low wind resistance styling and low rolling resistance tyres reduce the noise from the outside environment and road surface into the vehicle interior. Having it quiet for the driver ensures a pleasant and fatigue-free driving experience. Techie camo in-house dude there again. And okay, so it's not as if they haven't played the game of adaptation from internal combustion like it's an extreme sport. They have. And he is so right. All the vibration and noise from internal combustion and multi-ratio transmissions, etc., is a very effective mask for underlying road and wind noise, which poses a real attenuation challenge in R&D with EV design if refinement matters to the end user. And thankfully, they have really stepped up there. One super useful thing about this vehicle is the V2L feature, which is built in and it allows you to extract 240 volts AC, like the electricity in the wall at home, from your car. And of course, they talk about it in the context of camping and whatever, because, you know, nice visuals. But in fact, the most useful aspect of V2L is... You can power parts of your home with your car during a power failure. This is huge in the current electricity generation environment in which we are told grid stability is at an all-time low and we should expect a rolling series of power failures as summer draws inexorably closer. Maximum draw from the V2L system in the car is 2.5 kilowatts, which is more or less one GPO-type standard power point running flat out. You don't actually need anything like that for a few lights, the TV, the Wi-Fi, the refrigerators, like all that stuff that you'd like to have up and running when every house around you is as dark as the inside of a friggin' dog at midnight, okay? So here's what happens. The power goes down and you can use the MG app on your phone to tell the car to leave, I don't know, 20% in the battery and just dump the rest into the house over time, right? You plug in a power board and you run those devices that activate essentially the trappings of civilization for you and the people near and dear. If you're drawing 500 watts on average, which is a fair bit of electricity on average, right? And you've got say 40 of the battery's 50 kilowatt hours to burn in this way, which will keep you going for 80 hours, right? You'd hope by that time, hopefully the grid gets restored. You actually need to buy a V2L cable accessory thingo from the dealer in order to do this. It's not standard, but the functionality is standard in the car. You just plug the power board into the accessory and dude, you are good to go, okay? And, pro tip, for electric Jesus's sake, do not manufacture some illegal ghetto built extension cord with two male plugs one at each end to energize the whole house do not don't do it and if you do don't okay but if you do for the sake of the poor bastards working on restoring the grid this is quite serious people are up there touching those friggin wires dude 
if you are ever motivated to do anything stupid like that, including with a petrol electric generator or some huge bloody diesel electric generator, turn the friggin' master switch off so the electricity you are generating, you're feeding it in, right? Turn the master switch off so that it cannot zap those poor saps up there on the wires. Just saying. But don't even think about going down that track, okay? I don't recommend it because it's real electricity, dude, and you'll probably die and then you'll most probably wake up in heaven where it's like wall-to-wall harp music and insufferable self-righteous twats. You wouldn't want that for 20 minutes, dude, but you can enjoy it free for eternity. So where were we? You've run the house on the MG for about 80 hours. Not the whole house, but enough of it to cheese your neighbours right off with envy for 80 hours or so. Yes. And then you'll have 10 kilowatt hours remaining in the battery because that's what you told the car to leave in there, which is enough for about 50 k's of real world driving. Or you can just plug in at home and recharge because, hey, the grid is back up. Speaking of which, you can recharge at home on single phase 230 with 32 amps for about 7 kilowatts in total and that's going to take about 8 hours to charge you fully up from dead flat, okay? Or if you've got 3 phase power, you can feed in 11 kilowatts, which I know is only about half of the power which 3 phase can supply, but this limitation is inverter thermal management related, okay? They just don't want you to fry the inverter so they knock back the amount of 3 phase that the car can accept. A lot of EVs are like this too. It's not certainly not the only one in the market. So it's almost certainly not going to be worth getting three-phase power installed to your home because on single-phase 32 amps, 7 kilowatts, you'll be able to charge up overnight. And for most people, that is going to be beyond simply adequate. The battery is lithium iron phosphate, which is really good for longevity, and it's liquid cooled, probably oil cooled, which is also excellent for longevity. It's completely different for the facelift too, the battery. It's down from 18 internal modules to six, so less complexity, better performance. Always good. Basically, Australia is drowning in expensive, irrelevant EVs you can't buy, or at least ones which you can't buy for months and months on end. And yet here is an affordable EV you can buy right now. That's huge. What we ultimately need in this country, of course, is a properly cheap EV shitter, about the same size as an MG3 or a Yaris, with about 100 k's of range, perhaps 150, but for 29,990 drive away and not a cent more. The perfect second car for the burbs. You can keep your filthy ute, dude, that's fine. Like, yes. And you will also slash CO2 from vehicular travel by running to the shops, coffee with the girls, gun shop, hairdresser, gentleman's club, head in the clouds, crack of dawn, whatever. Double yes on that one, like approved, dude. Visit these local hotspots to which you must travel regularly in yo yet to be released nasty EV chitois. The E nasty. I'd buy that just on the name alone. Of course, you let yo use off the chain for the annual pilgrimage to Dingo Piss Creek and destinations of that nature. In fact, anything over 250 Ks in a single day, dude, 
for which a vehicle such as that is uniquely suited because, you know, testosterone, blue singlets, shedra. Make Australia less shit, dude. And thereby enjoy the best of both motive power systems. Until that day is possible, however. Perhaps in heaven. <laughs> Make heaven less shit, why don't we? Until then, the ZS EV is the next best EV available off the shelf. And it is actually pretty affordable, you know, like for an EV.